Welcome back. Where would you live if you could live anywhere? Like anywhere in the world, where would you live if your home is listed but it hasn't sold? What are the things you should be thinking about to make sure that you don't have to wait forever and feel stuck and can't move on from your current home? And why on earth would a lender, a mortgage lender, deny an application because they can't source your down payment funds? My name is Cleve Gaddis, and you're listening to Go Gaddis Real Estate Radio right here on AM 920, The Answer. We're here every Saturday morning right here on this station at 9 a.m., and we invite you to tune in every single week. We help listeners go from real estate novices to real estate experts, so home selling and buying can be done with total confidence. And without all the worry, typical with life's biggest investments. Man, who wants to make a mistake with a $300,000, $500,000 investment? Those mistakes are very hard to recover from. We don't want you to learn anything at closing or after that you should have learned before. If you want to connect with us, we would love it. Go to gogaddis.com. That's G-O-G-A-D-D-I-S.com. In the upper right-hand corner of your desktop, click on Go Gaddis Real Estate Radio. On your mobile device, just look for the three parallel lines. Click on that, and then click on Go Gaddis Real Estate Radio. You'll be right at the Real Estate Radio Show website. You can ask questions or make comments or push back or share ideas, even ask for your subdivision or your neighborhood to be spotlighted in our neighborhood spotlight in the fourth segment of the show, which happens every single week. We also invite you to sign up for our podcast, subscribe to the podcast, you can do that at gogaddis.com on the Gogaddis Real Estate Radio website. I don't know if you've noticed, but the world has been very stressful in 2020, especially since mid-March. We've all got jobs and families and lives and sports and all of the relationships that go on in the world. And then on top of all that, we get sent the gift of the coronavirus. And what's interesting is I am finding there are a lot, and I mean a lot of people out there, who are saying, I do not like where I am today for whatever reason. We had somebody recently wants to move to the Tennessee mountains, and it's because they don't have to go into a specific physical job location anymore, so they're free. They can come in once or twice a month to go to meetings down at the Perimeter Mall area, but they're free. And so here's what I'd like you to do. Don't do this if you're driving down the road, but if you're in a place where you can, close your eyes and think about. If you could live anywhere, where would it be? Just think about that. And then the questions that you need to be asking is, how would you make that happen? And I'm not telling you you need to move or you don't need to move, but what I'm telling you is this. We only live once, and if we think we need to be in a different situation, different circumstances, we think we need to live somewhere else. I'm not saying you can or you should, but I am telling you, you should absolutely explore it. If you live downtown and you'd rather live out in the suburbs so it's a little bit cheaper and maybe you have a place for your dog or your cat or whatever pets you have, maybe you should look at that. If you want to move in town because you've always liked moving in town and you think now you can get a better deal on something in town, you should consider it. You should look at it. If you need a bigger house or a smaller house or a house that you could have some in-laws living with you, whatever it is, we think you should at least explore it. And we're here. Go to gogaddis.com. That's G-O-G-A-D-D-I-S.com. 
and connect with us, and we will help you think through everything you need to think through to know whether or not you might be able to move on and live somewhere that seems like it would fit your lifestyle even better. We got a question from Stephen in Ackworth, and man, every time I see this, it just rips at my heart because Steve feels stuck in his current home, and all he wants is the freedom to be able to move forward. He says, our home has been listed for five months but hasn't sold. Is there a list of things we should think through to determine our problem? And uh, there isn't a list, not a, like a standard list, but I got a list together for you now. And I put them in order of probability. I want to make sure that you understand if you can't sell a home, it breaks down into one of three or four things. Number one is priced incorrectly. Number two, something is wrong with the location. Number three, something is wrong with the condition. Or number four, something is wrong with the marketing. And a lot of people say, ah, marketing can't really be it. You can sell anything real fast today. Well, I think the metro Atlanta market would disagree because only about 65 to 70% of the homes listed sell during the first listing period. The number is higher at the lower prices and lower at the higher prices. But the reality is not everything that gets listed sells during the first listing period. So let's do a couple of things here. Let's get a little list together. And, Stephen, hopefully you're listening. First of all, the possibility is that the price is too high. And uh, my suggestion for you is that you take a step back as a home seller and you look at other things that have sold and you try to be objective about what the value of your home is. So that's number one. Number two, your home doesn't fit the mold, and this problem comes when you have a home that is unique. So if you have a home in a neighborhood and there's 250 homes in the neighborhood and they had four floor plans and you have 60 homes of each floor plan, the odds are you're going to find a buyer. But when you have something that is more unique, one of two things happens. Either the buyers who see it have to have it because they know they can't get anywhere else or they don't like it. So sometimes what you're offering doesn't match the buyer's expectations for that particular area. And so you need to make sure that if you have a home that's a little bit unusual, that you advertise the heck out of it for what it is to the extent that somebody who does not want what you have to offer would not show up looking for it in the first place. And I know that sounds counterproductive, but it is absolutely what you should do. We're answering a listener question from Stephen in Ackworth, who said his home has been listed for five months and hasn't sold and wants to know if there's a list of things we should think through to determine our problem. The first thing we told Stephen to think through is, is the price of the home too high? And then the second thing we asked him is, does his home fit the mold? Does it fit what buyers are looking for in the area? The next question is, is the home staged correctly? So one of the problems is you have to depersonalize things when you're staging a home. So you need somebody to come into your home and feel like it can be their home and not come into your home and feel like they are visiting someone else's home because nobody wants to buy a home in which they are a stranger. They want to buy a home where they feel like they're at comfort, at peace. They have what they want in a home. So that's number three. Number four is your curb appeal needs to be improved. When you drive up to a home, if it looks old and dated and tired, that's going to keep you from getting the buyers very interested from the beginning. So you want to make sure that your shrubbery is smaller compared to larger. We call it rip and strip, where we basically try to get all the shrubbery on the front of the house cut down to at or below 
the bottom level of the windowsills on the main level of the home. Uh, I was talking to a gentleman in Marietta, and he had these huge arborvitaes on the front of his house, and it just made his house look old. And he removed those and cut the other shrubs back, and his house looked absolutely amazing. And he put it under contract in just a few weeks. Make sure all your yard, your grass is green. Make sure your beds have lots of mulch. All the trees and shrubs are trimmed. Make sure everything has neat lines between the, the, the grass and the beds and the grass and the driveway. So your next item that you need to think about is are your listing photos professional? Because a lot of people think it doesn't make a difference what your listing photos look like. I will disagree with that and push back 100%. The person who's looking at your home has never seen your home, and we get one chance to make that boom, that big first impact, that first impression, and you got to do it with your photos. And if the perspective of your photos, in other words, the lines in the photos don't match up with the frames of the picture, and if the lighting is not good, and if somebody has done a very, very poor non-professional job, it is going to be a problem for you. So next question is, are your listing photos professional? So you also sometimes have a specific problem to address, meaning there's something wrong with the home. There's something that doesn't flow right, doesn't smell right, doesn't fit right, buyers don't like it. Well, how do you know what these are? Well, Stephen in Ackworth needs to be getting feedback from a minimum of 80% of the people who come through his home. Uh, it's listed with an agent more than likely, which means it's that agent's job to do that. But St Stephen needs to be getting feedback. So you need to learn from whoever sees your house as to what they think. And they need to tell you where do they think it is in terms of price. What would it take in order to make an offer on the home? What are any specific changes they feel like need to be made? Where are they in their buying process? You need to be asking these types of questions and more. And then the last thing I'll tell you, Stephen, you need to think about is you need to think about who you're getting your advice from. And I hate to tell you over the uh, radio that if you've got a house that's listed for five months and you haven't sold it, that something is wrong. But the reality is if you got a house that's listed for five months and it hadn't sold, something is wrong. I don't know what else to tell you. And so my suggestion would be you reach out to me or another real estate professional and get you some other advice. This segment of the show is brought to you by the law firm of O'Kelly and Sorahan. They're a full-service law firm with 21 offices throughout Metro Atlanta. They specialize in residential real estate closings, including home purchases, refinance closings, corporate relocation, and real estate contract review and title insurance matters. They can be reached by calling 770-497-1880. Got a quick question that we're going to try to get in before. we got about a minute and a half here. I got a question from Claudia in Lilburn who feels deflated because they were just notified that the mortgage application they submitted was denied because they couldn't source our funds and they want to know what sourcing funds means. It means where the underwriter proves exactly where the funds came from. And so let me give you four things you need to be aware of here and I'll try to do it quickly. The funds have to be from an allowable source according to loan guidelines. For example, FHA allows you to receive a gifted down payment from a family member. However, a non-family member can't give you a down payment, a gift. The underwriter wants to ensure that you didn't borrow the money to buy the house. While some mortgage programs may allow you to take out a loan for your down payment, underwriters need to know exactly where the money comes from so they can verify. They also want to know if the money's coming from an account that you jointly share with someone else. If so, you have to provide written consent from the other account holder that you can use the money. 
for that purpose, and the underwriter also wants to make sure you have enough money for closing, it can be a waste of everyone's time, money, and energy to get all the way to closing and find out you don't have enough money to close. So, Claudia, I feel for you. I know you feel deflated. You need to be able to feel empowered the next time you get a loan, and you need to be able to show them how the funds got into the account. You need to show them that they're your funds. You need to show them that they have a, you have additional funds left over after you make the down payment in order to cover expenses on the home for a couple of months because they're looking for something like that. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're featuring McKendry Park in Lawrenceville. In our Neighborhood Spotlight segment, we have gotten somebody who's got feedback on their home that it smells dirty. And if you have a metal backsplash like an oldies restaurant, should you leave it or should you take it out? We're going to answer these questions and more. Stick with us. We'll be back. 